week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. I am Chris Pullman. And I am Gloria Eckerman. And this week we'll be discussing Season 5, Episode 3, Out of Sight, Out of Mind, and Season 5, Episode 4, Lieutenant O'Reilly. Out of Sight, Out of Mind is... It begins with the guy, with um, Frank listening to a baseball game in the background as the nurses come in to get Hawkeye to fix their pilot light which burnt out in their heater so hawkeye went into their tent and the pilot light blew when as he was trying to light it it blew up in his face and um a few things happened to get an optometrist we'll talk about that later and um he came in wrapped um hawkeye's eyes and said we need to wait a while mm-hmm. we have we have to take some time so he has his eyes covered without knowing whether his sight will come back or not come back. It's kind of a wait and see deal. Um, so that was what was going on with him. Frank, on the other hand, was listening to games ahead of times and then they would be broadcast later. Um, and every then he would place bets on them knowing the score. So you know what that would do. So that was another back background thing that was going on. So knowing these two facts, that was the main things that were happening. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some particulars that you saw? Um, well, like you say, uh, Frank was listening to a game. Uh, I believe that was the Dodgers-Giants game. I tried to look it up to see if that was an actual game that would have happened at some point, but I'm sure it did. <laughs> but, I mean, I can't say much more than that because... This would have been a perfect time for your husband Jody to be around because yeah. he probably would have been able to say, "Oh, Dodgers Giants four three, yeah, that that game happened." He would have been a, able to give you dates, times, such and, and such a date, and you know scores. <laughs> yeah, but no, no idea. Um, it, I'm sure it happened. You know, just I'm not very good at baseball. I looked it up, and. Dodgers Giants, I guess, is a thing, kind of like the Packers and and, the, and pick any other NFC North team. <laughs> but mostly, I'd say the Packers, Vikings. Vikings, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or Cubs or um, Bears. Bears, or yeah. One of those Bears. two would be the comparison. Yeah, but um, so we actually know that game, the the two teams that Frank was apparently, you know, listening to. Um, we're both at that time of the war, yeah. so that would have been a correct, yeah, correct games for that time. Mm-hmm. Um, the nurses that we see, we actually have named nurses here. Two of them are, two of them, no, one of them is the is generic, but then we have Nurse Bigelow, uh, Lieutenant Gage, and Nurse Kelly. The other one is Nurse Abel. So we're actually getting some named nurses now. And Kelly Nakahara plays Nurse Kelly. Who she is. I, I think that's kind of the first time that we actually hear Kelly play Kelly. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure. You know, It was the first time we mentioned it, so yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. We went yeah. through all the episodes. Yeah. Um... That was cool. Oh, that was something else I was going to look up. Uh, while I'm looking well, something up, why don't you talk about 
how Rayar gets the ophthalmologist yeah, I was from just the gonna say, well, While you're doing that, I'll talk about how General Walter O'Reilly... Three stars and real mad. Called, um, I mean, at first he couldn't get an ophthalmologist. They're like, no, we can't send one, can't send one. And they, he knew this was an emergency. I mean, Potter said, get him at all points. So he called and pretended to be a general. And it's kind of funny because later in the episode, the optometrist... Ophthalmologist. 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 Asked Colonel Potter, how did you get me here so fast? That's, uh, who, yeah, is who is this General Walter O'Reilly? Oh, that. Well, um, maybe I should explain. <laughs> That's pretty much all that was said. But it was kind of funny because... Yeah, it, the best part for me about that was the fact that Radar was saying this in this very authoritative voice and he's holding his teddy bear clutched <laughs> to his chest at the same time. You know, so, I didn't notice that. Yeah, so he's going off on this dumb clerk on the other end while holding his teddy bear. So, okay, I, I didn't notice that. Yeah. I'll have to look yeah. a little closer. Mm -hmm. Check that out when you watch with yeah. us. So. So, um, so yeah, Radar gets the ophthalmologist down and... They are, uh, he, he bandages Hawkeye's eyes to try and help them, you know, repair. And then they put Hawkeye in the bed at the far end of the closest row of beds to the camera in post-op. So all the way away from where Radar's bed would be, you know. Radar's desk. Well, his bunk is in his office. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. You're right. You're <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Hawkeye is laying there, and the kid next to him starts saying, Nurse, nurse, uh, my arm's... A, and Hawkeye's like, I'm a doctor. How can I help you? And he says, my hand is, is numb. I think it's asleep. And Hawkeye notices that the bandage is a little tight, and he calls over a nurse, and Frank comes over. And, and he says, Doctor, Doctor, is there a doctor? <laughs> yeah, Frank comes over. Yes, Pierce. Uh, oh, good, Frank, you're here. Go and get a doctor. <laughs> and he even tells him, I'm a better doctor. Blind. Blind than Burns is yeah. with sight. But, you know. I believe it. After that, he decides that he wants to check on, well, they put him back in bed. And then everybody goes away. So Hawkeye decides, okay, well, I'd better go. Fix everyone. He, yeah, well, he needs to find someone. Is, and, yeah, so he starts working his way down the line, and he gets to a bed, and he feels for uh, a uh, the, chart. the chart and doesn't feel one. So he's like, sorry, just going through. And so he then then he feels the, feels the bed, and he goes, ah, Claude Rains. And he keeps going. And it didn't click for me, and that's what I wanted to look up. William Claude I... Rains was an English actor of stage and screen whose career spanned 46 years after his American film debut with The Invisible Man. Oh. So that's all we need to know. I did not catch that at all. So he played The Invisible Man and Hawkeye could not find a guy in the bed because there wasn't one. So Claude Rains. Claude Rains. Huh. Uh, the Invisible Man, 1933, so that would have been an accurate... So we can use that now. That would have been an accurate <laughs> reference for Hawkeye to make. He would have actually had that. Uh, he works his way down to the bed next to the desk in post-op, and he holds the 
uh, chart up to the guy and says, "Hey, fella, read this." And the kid said, or the yeah. guy says, "Funny joke, doctor." And Hawkeye replies, "Come on, guy, can't you see that I can't see?" And the guy says, "No, I can't, I can't see." <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What happened? And I think he took a grenade in the face. Right. Right. And it, uh, the guy's name was Lieutenant Tom Straw. Nice kid. And yeah. you have to say kid. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he was I mean, a lieutenant. He was a high school English teacher. Right. But, you know, he had gotten blinded the same way Hawkeye did. And, um... It, it, one, so they bonded yeah. over this. I mean, yeah. how could you not? Because they're yeah. both in the same situation. Mm-hmm. And neither one of them knowing whether they will be able to see, see or again. not. Yeah. And, uh... It seemed, though, like the teacher's was a little more permanent. Like, it seemed like it. I mean, he yeah. definitely had other scarring going on. So that would have probably indicated more damage than just a flash burn from a stove. But uh, we notice when Tom Straw is being discharged, when he's being taken out, first of all, it made me wonder, because here are two guys who are bandaged across the eyes, and Lieutenant... Tom Straw is reaching out to shake everybody's hand and it really looks like he can't see so it made me wonder can they actually not see like did they literally bandage, bandage them up so they can't see or were they just that good of actors I'm not sure you know it could be either one it would, it would make sense though to bandage them to a point of not being able to see. Yeah, and it because didn't, why wouldn't you? And they did have those little white things. They had like, like circles over, of gauze over each eye, and then right, and then bandage them. And it would make so much sense to do that because mm-hmm. really, I mean, there's no cost expense there or anything. So no. why would you not do it? I agree. Um, but anyway, it really looked like they couldn't see. And at that point, when he's being discharged, we actually see that he's wearing a butter bar. So we know that he's a second lieutenant. Oh. So the lowest uh, officer rank, which means he probably would I have never been... never heard it called the butter bar. Yeah, that's apparently a common term in huh. the army. Um, I know when I play Battlefield 2, that's what we call it because it's yellow huh. compared okay. to the first lieutenant bar, which is silver. Mm-hmm. And um, I know somebody who's in the army, and she said that... They call it that too. The butter bar. The butter bar. It's because just fun it's, to say, isn't it? Because yeah, it looks like a bar of butter. Um, but we see it. So he's a second lieutenant. Most of the nurses are first lieutenants, which okay. But just it was an interesting distinction to make, and I have a another interesting rank distinction to make in the next episode too. But um, let's hear. So we see Tom get discharged at some point, and him and Hawkeye agree to stay in Keep touch. Keep in touch. Yeah. Get to know each other. Yep. Um, um, I, I like what happens in OR, though, because mm. as we all know, when your senses, when one sense goes, the other senses pick up. We hear that all the time. Yeah. I pray to God I never have to find out if that's true. Yeah. But um, Hawkeye was, I think, just kind of joking around to tick off. Burns, but maybe not. And he was standing behind uh, BJ, and he asked him, "Did you um, something did, this bowel? Did again? you yeah? Did you check the bowel? I'm or recess or something?" And he said, "I'm I getting did. a whiff of bowel 
And yeah. And he said he did, but he thought he should might want to recheck it again. And sure enough, BJ he, he found a little hole. A nick in the bowel. Right. So, and that was all by smell. So we use our senses in ways that we don't yeah. know we use our senses, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and I I wrote something down to that same extent where I thought it was really neat when Hawkeye was describing to BJ how this is full of trap doors, but I think there's some advantage to this. You know, I'm th this is the most conscious day I've ever spent, he said. Like, for instance, do you know that rain falling on gravel sounds exactly the same as a steak sizzling on the grill. Hmm. And there's nothing funnier than listening to somebody slip in the mud. It, it must have been Burns. Yeah, it must have been Burns. And they kind of passed him out around through this episode. Like, yeah. he went from Clinger, <laughs> then well, and he went... Be because, now... He started out in post-op, but right. then Frank went to talk to Potter because Frank said, well, a sick person has no business being in post-op. <laughs> so they kick him out into the swamp, and, uh, yeah, so Radar... Like said, they, they, he went from Clinger, Well, and then... Ra Radar's reading him Radar. a letter from home, right? which is really cute because then, as Frank is coming in... <laughs> Um, Hawkeye takes Radar's glasses and acts like he's reading the letter from home. Yeah, that was cute. Mm -hmm. Pierce, you disgust me. You're right, Frank. I've disgusted you with everyone I know, and they all say that you're disgusting. <laughs> but yeah, then Radar leaves because apparently the first six guys in line at Chow get shrimp. Uh, Klinger comes in. And Wearing give, silk, by the way, yeah. which Hawkeye noticed right away. Why? Yeah. Because he felt it. Yeah, he he was resting his hand on Klinger's knee and feels the fabric. Silk, right? Uh, Klinger hands him a duck whistle mm -hmm. so that... I called know, it a bird call. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was what it was. Yeah, it, bird call, I, I would assume a duck. Because he didn't actually say, did he? No. Yeah. No, they didn't specify what it was. But it was some sort of bird call. Yeah. Um, right. And it was just, you know, to get someone's attention in case Hawkeye needed something. Klinger said, yes sir, what can I do? Escort me to our art gallery. <laughs> we don't have one of those. Oh, well then take me to the latrine. <laughs> and so Klinger's waiting outside, which the latrine is obviously a shack at this point. Just worth pointing out because in earlier seasons, the officer's latrine was a tent for some reason. Um, <laughs> but then Colonel Potter needs Klinger, so uh, Major Houlihan comes and passes Margaret, the word, like and uh, Hawkeye steps out of the latrine immediately. Says, "Oh, Margaret, very good. How did you know?" For yeah, Moon over Fort Dix. It's forbidden furlough. <laughs> Where do you want to go? And then they go to the mess tent. At the mess tent, and the BJ. Mm -hmm. And Hawkeye is guessing the food. By the sound it makes when it hits his tray. Which he says, oh, they make it in Braille. Yeah, yes. The tray. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And it's in the mess tent where he puts together the broadcast of the ball game that Frank was listening to. at the... Because that's where Frank was betting with the guys. Yeah. They were listening to the game. And he's like, no, this is what I think is going to happen. Well, he knows ahead of time. Yeah, because it was 1-3... <clears throat> At like the bottom of the ninth, right? 
and then they hit, you know, a, a three-run, must have been a three-run homer, and the I think it was the Dodgers went on to win. And rather than confronting Frank at that time, which mm. I think I would have done, and any normal person would have done, but Hawkeye isn't a normal person. Yeah. Rather than just confronting Frank and saying, hey, you're cheating, you're ripping all these people off, <laughs> everyone would know that. They got together and um, it they was, got even. They got even. Him and it was uh, Klinger and Radar, Radar and BJ and Hawkeye mm-hmm. were doing a ball game, which surprised me a little bit that Frank wasn't smart enough to figure out the voices. But it's Frank, so duh. Especially yeah. when Klinger yells, "Hot dogs, beer, goulash." <laughs> Mm. Well, I tried. <laughs> get your hot dog, Tay. Get your hot dogs. Get your hot dogs. Be a goulash. <laughs> and, well, and two, when... So Hawkeye is calling the game. BJ is standing to his left with his cane and a stick. Click. And, yeah. Um, and everyone's Hawk, <sighs> Yeah, they're doing a good job. Radar is flickering the uh, system so that it gets the static like you would expect. But then... BJ, well, Hawkeye says, and there's the pitch. Strike two. So it was kind of off. Yeah. You know, well, he Frank's... caught him. No, actually, he caught part of that one. <laughs> Frank's not too bright, so you yeah. would not have noticed that. Yeah. Swing and a miss. He was just looking at scores. Yeah. And so, you know, they called the game, what was it, like 1-5? Yeah, it wasn't Some... right. I know, yeah, it obviously wasn't right because they were over broadcasting the actual game i just thought it was funny that i mean that takes thought something like that yeah. it's not you know then to put put it together and rebroadcast to him mm-hmm. rather than just confronting and say oh you cheater like yeah. any normal lazy person would do like i would do. <laughs> yeah but yeah. um you know there's a little confrontation in post-op after that the next day um which is where hawkeye describes to bj before this confrontation with Frank, he describes to BJ um, these sounds and these smells that he was uh, sensing. And then there's this confrontation with Frank where BJ calls over Nurse Abel and gets <laughs> gets her to take Hawkeye away. And she does, and she takes him to the nurse's tent. Where oh, I need to change. I have it, to get ready for my shower. So yeah, that was Bobby Mitchell playing <laughs> Lieutenant Gage. Which, okay, let's walk through this because I really like this I scene. I do too. So Hawkeye walks into the tent with Nurse Abel. And you see Kelly on the left. And then um, uh, Hawkeye is trying to get his make his way through the tent. And he grabs onto the shoulders of a nurse because he's trying to sidle through. And he goes, oh, Bigelow. <laughs> and Gage says, hey, how did you know? She And Bigelow says, none, none of your business. Yeah, Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> so Hawkeye sits down. And Gage says, look, can he come back later? I was going to change and then go take a shower. And Hawkeye's like, go ahead. I won't see anything. So one button's yeah. open and... That's one. <laughs> She's like, I can't do this. Okay. There's no way. Yeah. Look, t- come on. It'll be okay. Okay, but no oh, more commenting. No more commenting. She's trying to untuck her. No good. 
With too okay. much sax. <laughs> too much sax. I thought that was. And funny. then they're trying to get him out, and all of a sudden he goes, "No, no, no! Wait, wait, wait! Chompers." Yeah. So we see, you know, I, he takes over that that sense of sound. Yeah. Took over. Yeah, so. I thought that was really neat. Um, too much sax. But then we see the OR scene that you had described with Hawkeye uh, getting that whiff of bowel. Right. Oh, that came that late? Yes, it did. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then the end of that day, we see them back in post-op as uh, Major Overman, the ophthalmologist, is taking the bandage off. And uh, he takes it off. And, you know, he says, okay, Hawkeye. Five, right? Yeah, what do you see? And Hawkeye's holding his hand out in front of his face, and he says, five, right? And does that mean I get to keep my nickname? Yeah, I think so. And then, over the PA, we hear uh, the actual score of the game, and then the person doing the PA says, and all of those, all of those who are looking for Major Burns can find him in post-op. So this big crowd is kind Starts of chasing Burns yeah. trying to get the money. So you never actually see what happens, which is good because you can use your own imagination, which is sometimes so much better. Yeah. And I, that's what I like about MASH. Sometimes mm -hmm. it lets you decide the outcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, two things to close this out for me at least. One was at that point Hawkeye is saying to BJ, I got really lucky. I got the chance to see without my eyes. And then I got Mine. them back. Um, but then after the last commercial break, what I really sure liked... I know what it is. <laughs> um, was all of a sudden we see Hawkeye stumbling back into... Well, not stumbling. He's very clearly... Walking back in. Walking back in, but he's whacking this cane around like Full bandage around his face again, the way yeah. it was before. Which I swear, if you look closely enough, it doesn't look quite as thick. And I'm just going to go ahead and isn't. say that. But, you know, he's sitting in there, and they sit him down, and he goes, yeah, you know, it, it's just a quick little relapse, only a few days. Go ahead, keep doing whatever you were doing, you know, combing your hair, yeah. brushing your teeth, getting Taking undressed. a shower. Yeah, whatever. And they go, oh, poor Hawkeye. It's so sad that you lost your sight again. If only there was a way we could cure him. And I think it was Abel who picks up a coffee cup and, and drops it him. in his lap, and he goes, he catches it, because he and can says, see. Oh, I shouldn't have done that should i <laughs> <laughs> get him up and start showing him out so it was a great ending yeah fun ending i really liked that um no real fun facts from the mash wiki did you have anything else mm -mm, no you, we covered everything it was a, a fun episode it was uh we all don't you don't we all kind of take that time sometimes and wonder what it would be like and thank god for our our, mm -hmm. our senses but yet still think of what would it be like to be without one of them yeah no actually any one of them yeah on the water bottle i use during the day i actually have a carabiner well you know a fake carabiner clip and every once in a while i'll be like i wonder if i could actually do echolocation and so i'll just snap it and it's a pretty high pitch click and it's like okay i can tell that there's a big open hall in front of me or i can tell that there is a wall pretty close I don't, I don't close my eyes because I'm not stupid. <laughs> I, I'm not but good enough just, for that. I, right. I would run into a wall. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, okay, what would that actually sound like? And I try and figure out. And, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I don't have that anywhere near 
You're much younger than me. You have time for that kind of, <laughs> <laughs> or, but, uh, or, or the curiosity of yeah. that. Uh, guest stars, Tom Sullivan as Lieutenant Tom S. Straw, Judy Farrell as Nurse Abel, Enid Kent as Nurse Bigelow, Bobby Mitchell, who we've seen, we've seen before as yeah. Lieutenant Gage, Dudley Knight as Major James Overman, Kelly Nakahara as Nurse okay. Kelly. So we see Kelly in a credited role as Nurse Kelly, which, again, I think that was the first time we saw... Nurse Kelly as Nurse, Nurse Kelly. Kelly instead of like Abel or Baker or whatever. <laughs> One of the yeah. regular names. And uh, there's an uncredited appearance, Joanne Thompson, as uh, we're going to say Lieutenant Joanne. This episode was production code U806, directed by Gene Reynolds, and it originally aired October 5th, 1976. All right. Uh, next episode, season five, episode four, Lieutenant Radar O'Reilly. So, the the basic synopsis: we open with a poker game in the swamp. It's the regular crowd, as well as an I Corps supply sergeant, Master Sergeant Woodruff. And after the poker game, we find out that Woodruff had stiffed both Hawkeye and BJ Money. $85 and $35. And so they say, you know, you're not playing here anymore. You're not You're not going to keep stiffing us. And he says, look, what can I do to make it up for you? You know, I'm in charge of the I-Corps mimeograph machine. I could promote you. Neither of them want to be promoted. So they decide to promote Radar from Corporal to Second Lieutenant. Apparently that's quite the jump. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Because everyone was shocked by that. And yes. that So, okay, just as an aside, Radar was a corporal, right? From corporal to sergeant to, sergeant to uh, staff sergeant to, oh, what would it be? There's another one, master sergeant. Then you start to get into maybe the officer ranks. So he jumped all the sergeant ranks... And went right to the lieutenant. Yeah. Second lieutenant. Second lieutenant. And normally it takes a lot more than bugle playing. <laughs> Which is what he got it for. To be promoted to an officer. But point being, he learns that being an officer isn't all it was cracked up to be. Well, before he became officer, did we explain how he became officer? I'm, Yeah. It was Woodruff. Drew Woodruff. Okay. Yeah. And this is just well, the quick, we explained this is Woodruff. quick the synopsis. Yeah. Okay, you're still doing yeah. the synopsis. I'm yeah. sorry. And um, he discovers that it's not all he really dreamt it to be. Okay. And so he asks BJ and Hawkeye, is there any way I can get busted down again? And they say, of course. End of the episode, he's back down to Corporal. Corporal Radar Riley. Yeah. So, which personally, I would have asked to be busted down to Sergeant. But hey, he was I'm happy just, where he was. I'm just saying. I mean, he Klinger ends up at Sergeant. Why couldn't Radar have? That's true. All I'm saying. And that's a higher, quite a bit difference it, in pay. Yeah, sure. it's a difference in pay. You know, you're... I, I like that. Um, one of the things that I found interesting is Lieutenant Baker is a young lady who was hitting at Radar all the time as he was <laughs> Radar. You know, Corporal Radar O'Reilly. He was yeah. hitting on her. 
And he was kind of blowing her off, like, no, no, no. Well, he didn't feel right. He didn't, he didn't feel like he should because she's a lieutenant and he was just a corporal. Mm. So when he became lieutenant, he went to her and he's like, I'm ready for that kiss now. And yeah. he um, actually says, I'm a lieutenant. I'm allowed now. And I, I love her response. She said, you're I, not forbidden fruit anymore. Well, first she says, I see that. And you're not allowed. Oh, yeah. And he, he responds correctly. Oh, no, that's not what I meant. I meant that, it, you know, it's okay. I'm a lieutenant. And then she replies, you're not forbidden fruit. I root for the underdog. Right. So the only reason that she, just like some women want that bad boy or whatever, she likes the, un, the, the forbidden fruit, someone she can't have. So she didn't want him anymore. Mm-hmm. Sergeant, Staff Sergeant, Sergeant First Class. Okay, that's what I thought. Sorry, I'm just looking up the ranks. That's who Chris is. Master Sergeant E8. Get it right. Sergeant Major in command, Sergeant Major E9. And then I think E10 would be officer ranks. I'm just going to look it up. I'm just anal this way. Officer ranks. Not all one. Okay, <laughs> second lieutenant. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So there, anyway, there were very, I, I really, you know, enjoyed that play between him and <laughs> Lieutenant Baker, mm -hmm. just because it kind of showed you know the different what what people's minds are like mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um. Oh, and I love what Margaret got from Lieutenant Colonel Penasca. Yeah. So. When do we see Radar and Baker interacting? It's at the end of his uh, mail run. Well, almost at the end of his mail run. Right. When he's, you know, delivering the mail. And it starts out with him just kind of looking through some packages, and he picks out one that's not... It's an actual package, it's not a letter. And then Frank comes up and says... So... And so he drops the package and salutes, and you clearly hear something shatter. And Frank goes, did I get anything? And he picks up the package and it's leaking. And it's aftershave. And Frank's like, you did that on purpose. Even though Frank was the one who said, you know. Drop it and salute me. Yeah. But aftershave apparently smelled decent because Radar dabs him on. Then he goes to Margaret's tent. And yeah, what did uh, what did she get? She got a wonderful present, and it made it look like it might be like lingerie or something. She's like, oh, it's my favorite. I'm so excited. And then she said, I love expensive leather, and whips out a whip. <laughs> and she from? was quite good at Donald's Penobscot, yeah. her fiancé, yeah. but she was quite good at it. Yeah. <laughs> so, which implies that she has used a whip before. Yeah. This was not her first time. <laughs> not her first rodeo. Oh, it's a whip joke. Ah, um, ah, boo. But, <laughs> but she, uh, you know, she chases Radar out of the tent. And he gets stuck in her bras, which were hanging on the line, which you'll find out later is hilarious. Yeah, so he accidentally takes one, and she's still. She was having a blast with this, but you know so it takes a lot of practice to get that mm -hmm. snap down at the end. You know where mm -hmm. it just. Yeah. Yeah. I know you can't see me now, but I'm whipping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to actually get it to crack at the I'm end. Whipping, Chris. I'm. I'm sure that it would take even more inside of a tent. 
we had those because my parents brought them home when they went to Colorado. So oh, nice. we have had the whips, and mm-hmm. it was really hard to get them to do that. You know, it mm-hmm. took some practice. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, so Radar's chased out of the tent. He has one of her bras. Uh, his next stop, I believe, is Father Mulcahy. Oh, of all stops. Yeah, so first, uh, Father Mulcahy opens a package, and it's a little tin, and he opens it. <sighs> I ask for communion wafers, and they send me Ritz crackers. <laughs> Did the bookmarks at least come in Radar? And Radar's rifling through his uh, mailbag, and he pulls out, pulls out the bra. <laughs> And he's like, this isn't what you think it is. It's a, it's a weapon. It's athletic equipment. A, a slingshot. <laughs> I love he's like, we would have, David would have beat Goliath. Uh, would have beaten two. Two Goliaths with that slingshot. Yeah, which I thought was great. Which wow. Margaret would be proud of because I know that later in life she had gotten her, her breasts enlarged. So I don't know if this was pre or post breast enlargement, but... She would have been proud because that was something that was important enough to have surgery over. Loretta Swift? Yes. Oh, hmm. did um, not know that. Well, that was back in that time where, where breasts were so important to people. You know, these big, massive, disgusting ones. And that's different from today, how? Huh? Anyway. Um, uh, because I think now these skinny women with no breasts are... Anyway, whatever. Everyone's preferences what are different. society. But then we see... <laughs> Uh, Radar head over to Colonel Potter's tent. Colonel Potter's getting a haircut from Klinger. But watch that mole. Yeah. Don't worry, Colonel. In my hands, your mole is sacred. Yeah, that's right. Uh, And Klinger is singing, You ought to be in pictures. Wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. (laughs) Klinger, knock off the wah-wahs. Well, (laughs) it is a group piece, sir. Um... Radar comes in, reads a letter to the colonel from his uh, five-year-old granddaughter. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and, uh, I had to do that wah, because wah. Um, and, uh, Radar did that. So. Yeah, and then he pulls out the letter from i and starts reading it and just... Uh, and uh. so Klinger picks it up because well, Radar couldn't actually read what's it. What's the problem, kid? And yeah, Powder grabs it. Oh, I thought Klinger did. No, oh. no. Uh, R.E. Promotion of Corporal uh, Walter O'Reilly Serial number blah 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 And Radar's checking his dog tags From Corporal to Second Lieutenant And this is all because Woodruff said that he was in charge Of the mimeograph machine and he did At I-Core And yeah he could fix it however he wanted I had to look up mimeograph Does it's, I... a, it's just a copy machine Yeah yeah, that, because I'm like, what, was this like We used mimeographs, that's how that old I, I am. <laughs> was this some sort of fax machine that I didn't know that they no had? There was no such thing as a fax machine as far as 10 years ago. No, I didn't. Oh, it was around during the 90s, please. But, um, yeah, I, I figured it had to be something like that. But yeah, it, they just... You actually looked up mimeograph machine. You didn't know what it was. No. I am feeling freaking old. <laughs> Yes, I had to look That's up mimeograph. That's what we used to copy things. The best I've heard is In Xerox school. machine. <laughs> oh my what do you gosh. want out of me? I'm sorry. You're better, are you 12? <laughs> no, I'm 32. <laughs> well, no, I'm 31. Oh, shut up. <laughs> but, 
It's only because it's not November. Um, so, yeah, you know, he just copied off the orders like he wanted and sent them in, which is great because then Potter is uh, talking to the captains. BJ and Honeycutt? Nope, sorry. Swinging a miss. And Hawkeye. <laughs> Swinging a miss. Good second attempt, oh though. You gosh. got it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's explaining to them that Radar got promoted, even though they know it. And uh, he said, I better call and make sure that this is legit. Well, you better call Woodruff. Woodruff, yeah. Master Sergeant Woodruff. How do you know him? Uh, uh, his mom and mine were, were in the USO together. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, Entertainers? They, yeah. Jelly donuts. <laughs> so we see uh, Woodruff at i and it's great because you see his end of the conversation. Oh, yes, the O'Reilly promotion. Uh, give me a second, sir. And then you see I'm looking him, it up. And then, yeah, you, you see him just shuffling papers on his desk. Literally, not even... Just, I know this is, you know, not video. So Chris right now is literally shuffling papers. Yeah, just, he's not even moving <gasps> he's not them. He's just, them. Yes. just enough so that there's a noise. So oh, it sounds yes. like he's looking it up. Yes, I have it right here, sir. Uh, efficiency, punctuality, and, and bugling. above and beyond the call of duty. <laughs> sure. Apparently it's enough for Colonel Potter. <laughs> Even though he says he's not that good of a bugler. <laughs> <laughs> My horse is a better bugler than him. <laughs> um, but then we see Radar in the swamp. Uh, and I, you know, the, the guys are acting dumb again. I really like when Frank comes in and he goes, what are you doing in officer's country? And I think it's BJ who says, you better check the lapels. And Frank looks at him. That's blasphemy. Hmm. You could be hung for it's imitating funny, an officer. It's funny just because Chris said it like five minutes before it was actually said again. Yeah. So. You could be hung from the highest yard arm. Frank, yard arm is navy. John Darm is army. I looked up John Darm too. Just uh, the best yeah. I found was. That's what took you so long in here. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, either like an armed guy, like a policeman, or a sharp pinnacle of rock on a mountain ridge, especially in the Alps. It's from French origin. So not really like a post that you would hang somebody from, but whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, you know, Radar has the rank. Uh, so now the next thing we see him doing is he's in OR with Margaret, who's telling him what new supplies they need. And he says, yes, ma'am, I'll get on these right away. Negative, Lieutenant. Delegate authority. Find some enlisted men to do it. So then he goes into the supply room, and there we see Zale at the desk and Igor asleep kind on... taking a nap on... Yeah. And uh, he says, I need you guys to get, take these over to OR. And they're like, nah, I don't want to. Lights up a cigar. Yeah. Come on, guys, please. Blow, O'Reilly. Well, that is an order. <laughs> and then he, yeah, he tells them that he leaves. They're just standing there. He opens the door, comes back in. If you guys could do it, it would really be great. Thanks a Thanks lot. Thanks a lot. <laughs> 
He was not an authority person. We are no. who we are. Yeah. Uh, we see... The next thing we see is him and Lieutenant Baker, where he they have that exchange. We talked about that earlier. When, we did. When she, you know, kind of went after him, but when he went after her, it was not forbidden fruit, so she mm-hmm. wasn't interested. Um, so that kind of ticked him off a little bit. Yeah, him and Klinger have a little tuffle when Radar is kind of trying to transition over the clerk duties to Klinger. Right. And... Klinger just isn't doing it quite up to Radar's level of acceptance. And so they're having it out there. And that we'll see throughout the episodes to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I think the last thing worth mentioning is Radar is coming out of the post-op. And he comes through and there's this Kareem kid who's yeah. all dressed up in army gear, acting like he's on patrol. What's password? Lieutenant Radar, hey! And he looks over and there's Igor asleep on the bench. And he gets him up and goes, Igor, you could get in trouble. Why, did the kid fall asleep? No. Do you know what would happen if an officer had found you? And Margaret said an officer just did find you. Mm Mm-hmm. And then put all of the pressure onto Radar by saying, you need to write him up. Yeah. And I love Igor's comment. Wow. You would have been in real trouble if I had been asleep. Which he was. <laughs> Which he was. But she, yeah. wasn't, she didn't come out during that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's after that where he goes to see the captains and says, you know, I don't like this. It's not me. I like how you say it's the captains. And we yeah. automatically know who you're talking about. We're yeah. talking about BJ and Hawkeye. Yeah. But this is the first episode I've heard you do that. So yeah. I just I just like to point out that when he's talking about the captains, he's talking about BJ and Hawkeye. And well, because... I just thought, well, they're the only captains. But yeah. I, I, I just... Because... It's I, new and I, I want to point it out. I like yeah. it. No, and I... You know, I'm doing that mainly in this episode. <laughs> if yeah. I remember. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing it here because they are the only captains in the episode. But, um, the captain. Yeah. You know, that's where he says, bust me. Can you get me busted down? I don't like this. And they're like, sure, we can, we can arrange that. So then we come to the. And he still doesn't know they got him promoted. Yeah. So, so then we see the post commercial scene. And it's him kissing Lieutenant Baker. Aww. And, uh, you know, he, he says, again. Mm, that, that was nice. And then she winks and she's like, see you tomorrow, stud. But what if I don't have any mail tomorrow? Wing it. (laughs) And then he goes out and all these guys who he was ordering around and having these tussles with. Tell us about her. Did you get to first base? Second Second base? Come on, tell us about her. And he's like, oh, guys. I don't kiss and tell. Oh, he struck out. So you just kind of feel him fitting in again. It's where Mm -hmm. he belongs. He belongs where he was. Yeah, so it was really nice to see that. Right, and they were yeah. all joking around as they walked away. It was really mm-hmm. cute. And it was uh, an uplifting, fun... So, let us know what you think. We well, love it. Sorry. Can, can we finish finished? with the episode first? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I appreciate your enthusiasm about getting out of here. But, uh, so, you know, just two things to mention. Uh, both of these were shot on location, at least largely. We... 
we see Rosie's bar in one of them, and we see the mountains in the other one. Okay. So they were shot on location. Not all of them were. You know, the early right. the early and seasons were definitely shot on sound stages for the most part. A lot of these seem to be shot on location, which is neat. Um, let's see here. I was just looking up any fun facts. Not really anything that I see, per se. Oh, yeah. That was something else I was going to look up, but that's okay. When Potter is trying to call i to get a hold of Master Sergeant Woodruff, uh, Hawkeye's like, oh, nobody can get that phone working other than two people, Radar and uh, uh, Sergeant Marconi. I'm pretty sure that that's a historical illusion of some sort, but I didn't look it up ahead of time. But... Those are really the only two things. Uh, guest stars in this episode, Johnny Hamer as Sergeant Zale, Sandy Kenyon as Master Sergeant Woodruff, Lynn Marie Stewart as Nurse Baker, Jeffrey Maxwell as Igor Straminsky, and Raymond Chow as the Korean boy. The production code was U805. The director was Alan Rafkin, and the original air date was October 12th, 1976. So now, as you were saying, watch the episodes with us. <laughs> let us know what you think. Yeah, and if you want to let us know what you think, you can either head over to facebook.com slash whiskey and mash, or if you just go over to the website, narclanic.com, that's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C.com, go to the podcast section, navigate to whiskey and mash, and right there on the page, you will find two links that look like a little envelope and a little Facebook icon. And those will direct you to either our Facebook page or to, it'll uh, give you the email address where you can email us at the podcast directly and let us know what you think. And, you know, maybe let me know, uh, let us know what Sergeant Marconi was an actual allusion to because I forgot to look that up ahead of time. But mainly let us know that you're out there. We would love to hear from listeners. Uh, if this is your first episode and you really enjoy listening to these episodes, you can, again, head over to narclinic.com. All of our back episodes are up there on the webpage as MP3s. You can listen to them, stream them right off the webpage, or you can download them to your favorite MP3 player. Otherwise, if you do the podcast thing, you can head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast application, search for Whiskey and Mash, and subscribe to the podcast, and therefore get all the new episodes downloaded to your device as they're released every week. Uh, if you like this show, if you liked this episode, the best way to support us is how? Listen to us. Or and? <laughs> subscribe. Subscribe. Already hit that. What else? <laughs> Share. Share with your friends and family. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> yes. We, we don't... We aren't looking for any other support than just to help, you know, spread the good yeah, news about whiskey and mash. <laughs> yeah, no. Help us get a wider listening audience. That's the best thing you can do for us right now. But I think that covers it for this week. So, yeah. I am Gloria Ackerman. I am Chris Pullman. We'll see you next time on Whiskey and Mash. I got in there first. Did you notice that? I noticed that, yeah. <laughs> oh. I do love that episode.